You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Biz Babes with Soul. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I am here with my amazing friend, Suzanne Longstreet. So she is a success and clarity business coach for women, for female entrepreneurs that want to really scale up their business and do things differently. She's also an NLP practitioner, and she's just so fun to talk to. She and I became friends through our mutual friend, Lee Fowler, who you may have heard on a recent episode. So welcome, Suzanne, to the podcast. Thank you, Melody. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit more about you and what you do before we get into the meat of the show. Absolutely. As you've mentioned, I am a clarity coach and my website is successandclarity.com. What I am doing is working with uh, female entrepreneurs mostly in one-on-one, moving them to increase their confidence and their self-worth so that they can go out into the world and double and triple their revenue. And I have had client success stories that have done that, so I'm really excited to see the results and the transformation in them, and that's what I do one-on-one. The other thing that I love to do is share the NLP tools with people. So I went forward and I continued with all the training designations in neuro-linguistic programming, and I'm now a master coach, NLP master coach, which means that I can guarantee results in writing for my clients, which is very assuring for them. And because, again, I like to share it so much, I also train coaches, train and designate coaches to be people, to become NLP coaches, practitioners, hypnotherapists, and something called timeline therapy practitioners both at the practitioner level and the master coach level. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. You do a lot of things. Oh, and I I forgot to mention that Suzanne has her own podcast too. Thanks to you. Yeah. So uh, if you guys are listening and you also want to create your own podcast, I have a course that you may not know about that Suzanne was a part of called Cutting Through the Noise. And I helped her launch her podcast in 30 days, which was really exciting. Absolutely. And, and I did it in less than 30 days, Melody. Yeah, I, well, yeah that was exciting because yeah. you gave us all great tips and, and great advice and checklists and ways to do it. So you made it easy. Yeah. You guys, if you have been a podcast junkie like I was for years and you think, well, I could do this, you can do this. It's really not that hard. And it's not as intimidating once you see the lists and you see the videos. So uh, hit me up if you're interested in the podcasting course. (laughs) I highly recommend it. So Suzanne, how in the world did you get into this coaching world? Oh, great question. Oh my gosh. I wasn't expecting that. Um, It started a long time ago. I... I was really excited to see how people thought, how they, how, why they behaved the way they did. And that led me in my corporate role into human resources. And mm-hmm. I was uh, a generalist, a consultant, 
in human resources for many years and then moved into the training development part of um, human resources. So I was technically a coach. We didn't call it a coach way back in the 90s when I was in human resources <laughs> into the 2000s. Um, and that's what I was doing is I was working with um, employees and their managers to help them to get over contract conflict, to communicate more effectively, to encourage managers to how to motivate and inspire their employees to do better and how to have the dreaded performance review. And that's really where I started. And then when the corporate world left me, we'll just say it that way, my position was downsized and not once but twice over two years. And I thought, oh, okay, gosh. right? I said, that's it. I need to go figure this out. And this was uh, 2007. And, oh, yeah, during yeah. the recession, yeah. Right, yeah, fun times. And I was in the financial services world, so that oh, was wow. more fun. Yeah, <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to go off and, and do this coaching thing, and I'll, I'll get the designation. And so in 2007, I graduated with the coaching designation. And, and, and quite frankly, I'm going to be quite vulnerable and, and transparent and share with you, I struggled. I, you know, I had this lovely coaching certificate and no idea how to go out and build a business, get clients, be seen. And so yeah. really struggled for years and years and made no money, nothing. I had one yeah. or two clients. I yeah. was going to say that's a hard time to start a business <clears throat> because of the recession. Like I know at that time I was trying to find my first job right out of university and nobody was hiring. Yeah. Nobody had money to do anything. People were, you know, living in their parents' house again and, you know, so that's a hard time to say, hey, let's start a new business. Don't you want to pay this random money to have me as a coach? Yeah. That, that's brave. That takes real guts, I think. It, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't feel gutsy at the time. I felt really, I felt like a failure. It was awful. And uh, so finally, in tw and, and again, you know, I couldn't even find a job. And I had been pretty successful as um, an HR manager and uh, leadership development manager. Um, so I was really struggling. And in, finally in 2010, I accepted a contract in, uh, with a crown corporation. Uh, what does that mean? Basically a, a government role. Mm -hmm. And uh, I w it was such a bad fit. I here I was, this entrepreneurial spirit. Hey, let's be the best we can be in an environment. They're like, well, unless you pay me, I'm not going to work. <laughs> So exactly. it's just not a good fit. And I stayed there for about the contract started at 10 weeks and it lasted 10 months because they, they kept renewing and wanted me there. So that felt good. And after not being wanted for years. Mm. So anyways, my coaching, my real coaching started in 2011 in February of 2011. So I'm, I'm just about to celebrate my eighth year as a coach. And I, uh, what's interesting is it didn't really start until I hired my own business coach. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like people get sick of me saying that, but I'm like, if you are a coach or a consultant and you have not worked with someone who's going to mentor you, then what are you doing with your business? Yeah, I really look at it. I recently heard the phrase, actually a couple of years ago, and it's part of the trainings that I do, and they use the term as you need to invest in yourself mm. for your success. Because, and here's the thing, if you go to the bank and you say to them, you know what, I'm starting a business, I need you to invest in me. If you aren't willing to put all of your money, all of your time, all of your energy into your own business, why the hell is somebody else going to do that? Exactly. Exactly. I think, I mean, I feel like 
this might be another topic for another podcast, but I, I want to do an episode called uh, Everybody and Their Dog is a Coach. Because, <laughs> yes! Because I feel like, I don't know if you've seen this, in the past six years since I've been working for myself, everybody is an expert. Everybody is a coach. Everybody is a consultant. And that cannot be true. And I know a good half of those or more are struggling because they're not investing in themselves. They're not working Mm -hmm. with mentors. They're not learning from people. They're just out there saying, I'm an expert because I took so-and-so's course. They're not authentic. Yeah. I agree. And you know, and and I'm because I have four coaching designations and I've put a lot of time and energy into learning how to be the best coach I could be. And I spend time every single month working with my own coach Mm -hmm. to get rid of my crap. Yeah, we have it. And so that I don't project my stuff onto my clients because I've had that experience. Oh, yeah. I've had that experience, too, where you're like, I mean, I know I've had thoughts where I'm like, oh, this client client is not happy with me. They're not happy with me. I psych myself out. And then when they decide to end the contract early, it's it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because I was giving them that energy that sounds really wooey but it's true true. they pick up on that i agree we do we we create we we absolutely i totally agree and i wanted to go off on a little rant if that's okay oh you know i love rant (laughs) i wanted to say what really drives me nuts and and goes against my it's my integrity button i think is when somebody has had some experiences in their life and they go, I don't need to take a coaching course. I'm going to be a coach. And they call themselves a coach. I appreciate that people have gone through stuff. I I myself have gone through stuff and I think it's made me a better person and it's maybe put me in a position where I can help others. If that's the case, please call yourself something other than a coach. Call yourself a navigator, a mentor, a something else, a catalyst. You know, because quite frankly, there's too many co- people that are calling themselves coaches who don't have any designation and they're giving the people that do, that spent the time and energy and money to become a coach, mm-hmm. they're giving us a bad name. Yeah. Same thing with experts. Yeah. Everybody is a freaking expert and it drives me crazy because I'll come on a discovery call with a new client and I'll say, well, I'm a digital marketing expert. And they kind of laugh because everybody says that. But then I say, no, no, I have 10 years experience and I've, you know, done these courses. I have a degree. Like I give them all the credentials and they're like, oh. Oh, you really are an expert. Oh, you really are an expert. They're just so used to dealing with people that say that and they have six months experience. Right. Yeah. Or not. Or not. (laughs) I love Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers. And Mm -hmm. he says it takes 10,000 hours of concerted effort to become a master at or an expert at anything. So if you can claim 10,000 hours, I'm going to say you're an expert or a master at it. Yeah. And I've had to reckon with the fact that I've been uncomfortable with the word expert. I just, it hits me in a weird way. But one of the coaches that I worked with, uh, Susie Koifer, she said, well, you're just the expert for the client you're working with. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be an expert with a capital E. Like, because in my mind, expert was Russell Brunson, Amy Porterfields, um, you know, yes. Tony Robbins. And she was like, no, 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 you're an expert for your clients. Expert for my clients, not, not an expert with a capital E. 
I love that mindset shift, you know, because I think that's true. I think there's people who are out there who are thinking, well, hang on a second. You know, here I am in business and I have some expertise, but I don't have 10,000 hours or I don't have a designation. Are you telling me I can't help anybody? No, I'm not saying that at all. And I don't think you are. I think it's as long as we just label yourself accordingly so that you're authentic. And as long as you're further down the path than somebody else, you can mentor, you can guide them, you can navigate them through, you can inspire them, you can do all sorts of things. And they will pay you money and they will hire you because you're just further down the path that they want to be down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But that can also be kind of a slippery slope because I remember uh -huh. when I first started in the freelancing world, people were like, oh, just learn a little bit more than the person that hired you and you're good. That is a little sketchy mm. um, because I definitely was that person where I was like, well, I can learn stuff quickly and then I know more than this client. But yeah. there's a difference between learning something really quickly and mastering it. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I think the other thing too is this is just as long as you've done it and you can say, hey, this is what I've done. You know, just learning it is different from achieving it. But also on the flip side too is I know I lived in this place for a long time where I thought, well, who's going to buy from me? Who's going to listen to me? You know, <laughs> who am I? I? Yeah, who am I? Like. <laughs> I, I'm not worth this X, Y, and Z, that whole crap, all that yeah. stuff. So I never presented myself like the expert I was, even though I had all this knowledge. And I'm saying this, even last year, I did that some. I've grown in leaps and bounds in the past few years in my confidence. And so now I can present myself as the expert that I am, even if those little like thought gremlins are in the back saying like you're worthless you're mm. full of crap but I can push those back a little bit me a few years ago was like uh here pay me ten dollars an hour because that's what I feel like I'm worth mm. yeah you're worth so much more than that so anyway <laughs> rants. <laughs> that was fun thank you <laughs> yeah no I love a rant so you mentioned failures and struggles and you know I've been I know you've been through some challenges with like illnesses stuff like that how did you deal with that all that stuff and still pushing through with your business nice uh well the interesting thing is it starts way back uh to my first marriage when I was uh with my first husband and I attracted a narcissist oh. um yeah who um was incredibly abusive and but not physically abusive until really on our honeymoon actually so oh. I he I had broken ribs on my honeymoon oh and, my god yeah and I thought, oh my gosh, well, I've, I've committed to this person. I've got to stick it out for a year. And that began my year of hell. Oh. And I, I lived with this man. I was, it, the beatings got worse. The threats got worse. The, and, I, and, and as we all know, like the broken bones will heal. The bruises fade. What took a long time to go away is the voice in my head that I kept hearing. So I stayed with him married for one year and six days. And finally I went, that's it. I'm done. I ran. Um, he had threatened my life. He would told me I would never leave. Um, and as we know, you know, people who are in abusive relationships off, you know, some don't get out 
And so I was terrified and ran that terror for years. And here's the fun thing, a little fun note for you on this is I wasn't in my right mind and I was suffering depression, didn't know it at the time. And, uh, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Again, I didn't know that either until 20 years later uh, when it was finally diagnosed. So What's interesting is in that moment um, that I left, I thought I've got to get an unlisted number. So I, I paid an extra, because in those days we had the, this was in the mid nineties, we had um, phone books, right? Uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and listings and, <laughs> so and I said, actual I, phones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these, these were the days. And, uh, and so I paid you know, an extra five or six bucks every single month to have my name unlisted. And here's the funny thing. My maiden name is Smith. So I was paying extra money to have S Smith. (laughs) Which is, there's like thousands of Smiths. Oh, exactly. I was so anonymous. And yeah, so I, and that's how terrified I was. So that just gives you an example of where my mindset was. And yet I still continue to um, do my corporate world, do my career. I just shoved it all down. Mm. I just shoved all those, those voices and those emotions and that fear and that terror and that rage all just shoved it down. And I believe now that that's part of the reason why I was let go from my corporate roles mm. because they had somebody who was a leader in a, in a role who when people looked at me in a certain way, I would run full on post-traumatic stress disorder. I would just freak out. I would overreact. I had, so, so I kept going. I just kept trudging and thinking, well, this is the way life is meant to be. You're just supposed Mm -hmm. to just power through everything and just, just do it. So finally in about 2015, I realized this isn't working. And so that's when I discovered, I'd heard of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And that's when I finally said, okay, something that everything else that I've tried is not working. Therapy's not working. Nothing's working. Well, you know, I'll go take this course and see what happens. And it was through that journey that I, it wasn't, it was discovered that I was running full on post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. I got the help that I needed through the NLP tools, working with people in the community and a, somebody who was specializing, he's a war veteran. Um, and he actually specializes with people in PTSD and he could see a mile away. And he said, you need to come see me. And I did. And that was August 31st, 2016. Wow. And since then thing that changed. So that, and it was, just a very short period of time. That's what I love about NLP is it just changed my whole life, my whole perspective. My relationship with my current husband, who's the most loving, supportive man you ever want to meet. And, you know, I used to be in the in the house and before I did all this work, I he would walk into the room and I go, oh, What did I do wrong? And he would say, Whoa, I came down to get a glass of water. You know? <laughs> so you know, now he walks in the room, I go, Hey. And he's like, oh, it's just so joyful to have, you know, somebody who's not on pins and needles all the time. Yeah. So that was... Do you feel like a totally different person? I am. Yes. And people around me notice it. Um, For example, on our... uh, I wrote a blog about this and it's um, my my lessons learned from Christmas dessert. I I put... um, I did, I spent a day cooking Christmas dessert because I really wanted a showstopper and uh, I got there and it turned out beautifully. So everything was fine. But about halfway through serving this um, cream 
sponge cake. It was a beautiful dessert. Rosas à l'orange. Have you been watching a lot of Great British British yes! stuff? <laughs> Love I was like, show. I always watch that show, and then I'm like, I can never make this. Right. Well, I decided, oh, she makes it look easy. I can do that. And <laughs> yeah, um, it took me the whole day. Her 10 minutes on the show, Mary Berry is who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Went to Cordon Bleu in the 50s and has wrote, written 75 cookbooks, including the Baking Bible. But I thought I could do it just as easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where that's an expert. That Mary Berry expert status. Me? Mm -mm. <laughs> Not in baking. Well, good try. Good <laughs> yeah, try. exactly. So it turned out beautifully. Everything was great. Um, and it was on a, a cake plate, so it, it was on a pedestal. Uh -huh. So we got halfway through, and it, it became heavy on one side. And I turned, yeah, and the whole thing landed. <gasps> yeah, well, half of it landed up upside down on the table. So the old me, the pre previous me, would have gone oh my God, it's ruined. I would have been in tears. I would have gone out of the room. I would have been dra drama, drama, drama. And now there's 18 people around the Christmas dinner table. And I looked at it and I went, oh, we have a problem. Okay, pick it up, put it back on. Who wants more? And they all were like, oh, who are you? And I'm like, <laughs> what's the problem? And they're all laughing and I'm laughing. Whereas, again, before it would have been traumatic and you know, it would have wrecked the whole day and I probably would have left in tears, you know. Yeah, it was an overtop reaction. So yes, um, people do notice. I notice it. It's fun. I can laugh at myself a lot more easier and freer without that, oh God, I need to laugh at myself because if I don't, they're going to think that I'm traumatized, which I was. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I, I feel all of that so much because... I, I mean, I don't have PTSD, but Good. I've dealt with a lot of tough stuff, including anxiety and depression and, mm -hmm. and issues with my mom, which I love my mom, but she and I had a very tumultuous relationship. And yeah, I just, I feel that. I, the first few years of my marriage was definitely me being like, I have to be perfect, pins and needles. Like if I didn't make dinner, exactly right I would feel intense guilt and I would cry and my husband is lovely like he's he's a therapist he's a listener but I was just dealing with so much of my own shit that I couldn't get past that and I just felt this constant need to be perfect this constant need to yeah I, yes. I just I feel that so much yeah. and I'm I'm still working through that but it's a lot better than it used to be good I'm glad. I'm glad. And you know what? I know for me, and you have to decide what's best for you. I know for me, NLP was the answer where, you know, 10 years of therapy wasn't. So that's, we all have to find our own. Yeah, I, I have actually, and this is a total tangent, guys, sorry, <laughs> but I've actually been really considering thinking, like reading and learning. And I, I would love to learn NLP because I feel like it would help with marketing. It would help with my clients and it would help me. Yep. Um, I've, I've watched it, Melody. Like, find the person that you resonate with and take the course. And I will share with you, I've had people who have come into my sessions, my courses, and gone, okay, I'm doing this because I don't have a great relationship with somebody in my family, or I'm doing this for my children, or I'm doing this for somebody else. And then they've had a huge transformation themselves in the course and said, whoa, I can... I can use this in my business to help me grow because when we get out of our own head and we stop that tape 
that negative reel that's going subconsciously, we can be so much more confident and go out in the world and help so many more people because we're out of our head. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's my problem is that I, I'm very much, um, well, I'm an, an extroverted introvert, so I'm very mm-hmm. much in my head. I'm an empath. I always want to help people. So I'm in my head, overthinking, always wanting to help people, always want, like emoting people's. That's one of the issues my husband and I have. Wow, this is like a, <laughs> a therapy session. But, <laughs> but um, I'm always trying to pick up on his emotions. I'm, I'm guessing what he's feeling and he's like I don't feel like that you just think that I feel like that yeah that's we call that projection yeah 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 so anyway (laughs) there you go and I hear you because I was there you know and and now I'm not so the other health challenge that I had and that I shared a little bit with you uh was that I was diagnosed with breast cancer Mm. a year ago but you're a survivor right yes oh absolutely absolutely yay yeah and I still ran my business, you know, and I would just say, okay, I'm going to be off this week. I had a client who are a prospect who reached out to me in March and my surgery was scheduled for April 9th. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I'm going to be off the week of April 9th. So we can talk after that. I never said anything about what I was going through. I hid. I, I was like, okay, I don't want people to know. And then I did share it as soon as, and I, I, I was talking to my coach and saying, you know, when should I share it? Because I don't want to be inauthentic. Hmm. On the other hand, I don't want people to think, oh, she's going through breast cancer. You know, don't bother her because I still needed to run a business. So when I got the all clear, the margins were clear. They had been able to remo- remove the 1.3 centimeter lump successfully and everything was fine. That's when I shared the journey. And I said, you know, this is just about, um, somebody had shared with me who had been through it. She said, are we, we are still climbing the steps. They're now pink and they're just a little bit higher and we've just got to keep going. And there was many, many beautiful lessons and joy that happened throughout this process as there was dark days mm-hmm. and there was joy. And, and one of the things that I really benefited from is that I opened my heart up to ask for help. Mm, that's so hard to do. It is. And yet it is such a beautiful gift when you receive help because people just, you and I, we just want to help others. Mm-hmm. And so when people, when you give people the gift of being able to help you, they feel good and you feel good. Cause there was times when, you know, I need, I, I needed help. I needed somebody to physically get me to the hospital so I could have a treatment yeah. over times. Yeah. And so I was lucky. I didn't have to have chemo. I didn't have to have any wow. um, hormone therapy. I just had to have 16 treatments of radiation, which take 20 minutes a day. Uh, I, the only thing was, is I had to be driven to the treatment. And so I had to rely on strangers and friends and family to drive me the hour there and the hour back so that I could have the, the radiation treatment. So the many lessons that I learned was that there's angels around every corner mm-hmm. and all you have to do is open your eyes and your heart to receive them. And while my business suffered a little bit because I was going through, you know, I was hiding a little bit and I wasn't out there. I didn't write any blogs. Um, I didn't write many blogs or get out there in the world for the first six months. As soon as, you know, I got the clear, I was done with everything, boom, things happened. I was out there, I was sharing, I was talking about it, and 
and realizing that it's so important, and this was my biggest lesson of all of this, is that we need to take care of our health. We need mm. to we need to indulge. And if you know what, if you're working all hours of the day or if you're not taking care of yourself or you're letting things slide, stop it. You know, my post today in Facebook was indulge. Do one thing to indulge yourself on a regular basis. Take that time to feed your soul. Take care of your health. And when you do, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and that is so hard for female entrepreneurs specifically. Yes. Because most of us, it's just hardwired in our DNA to just be helping everyone else, helping our clients, helping our kids, helping our spouse, helping our friends. And I mean, I'm guilty too. I don't even have kids and I still, I want to help everybody. I want to work hard for my clients. And then I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And I'm like, why is that? I didn't take time to even go for a walk or drink water or stretch. I just work, work, worked or gave, gave, gave. So that's yeah. so important. It's so important. Yeah. Every day. And it's just a, just a little bit, you know, 10, 20 minutes a day. We can do that. Yeah. It's, I think you just, I don't know, maybe it's just for me, but I have to schedule things. If I schedule things, oh, me too. I'll do them. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and I know not everybody's like that, but maybe it's just, you know, us <laughs> entrepreneurs. I definitely think, especially female entrepreneurs, there was a certain breed of us because mm. I talk to my girlfriends and they're like, there is no way I could do what you're doing. They don't understand how I keep it all running, how I do so much, how I just work with people. They don't. They don't get that. And mm -hmm. I'm always starting something new, trying something new, learning. And I think that just takes a certain breed of person. I agree. It does. And, and in fact, there's science behind it, uh, which I can share another time. But it's, <laughs> there is a science, and it's uh, based on the work of Dr. Claire Graves. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. It's an evolution of consciousness. <laughs> because I can remember, even as a kid, um, one, even though I was, sh I guess, I would say introverted, but I was shy sometimes. Mm -hmm. When I was around the right people, I was bossy. Yeah, me bossy. too. <laughs> I, uh, oh, this is another tangent, but I, I was really creative and I loved putting on plays, like writing my own plays. So when I had friends come over, I would make, I would direct them in the play and then I would make everybody watch us. <laughs> and, I can tell you, I was doing the same thing. Oh, that's so funny. I don't know very many other people who do. And oh, I'm parents, with you. I'm an parents, introvert. My parents have videos of me doing this. Oh, my God. I, I, I was doing it in the days before video, hun. And, yeah, I also can remember I was in Girl Scouts. And, you know, we sell the cookies. And I was a cookie hustler, man. I sold so many cookies. I was so into getting those prizes, making that money. So I think it was really hardwired into my DNA. And I, now that I have been doing this for six years on my own, I can see why I had such a hard time with being in quote unquote normal careers, corporate Me too. careers. Yes. I was, you know I was always depressed. Yeah. I was always depressed. I was always anxious because I hated what I was doing so mm -hmm. much. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, you weren't able to be the best you can be mm -hmm. in your corporate role because people were always trying to keep you in a box, mm -hmm. believe me. And, and there's, yes, that's an evolution of consciousness. You're a level five consciousness, entrepreneurial. And when we're in the level four, which is the corporate world, where it's like there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything and you need to do it our way, otherwise we're going to keep you down. We're going to stuff mm -hmm. you down. And there you were, the tall poppy, always trying to rise and... People were going, okay, look at this rebel. What is she doing? She's not doing it right. And so, of course, she wouldn't be comfortable in that environment. I get it. I was there too. Yeah, and I can also remember, so I always kind of thought this was a negative, but now I see it as a positive. When I was in college, I was always changing my major and um, having these grand ideas about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to impact the world. And my parents and my now husband was like, you're just like so flighty and like so wishy-washy. And now I see that as an entrepreneurial thing. So yes. I'm always launching stuff. I'm always creating and writing and doing. And I think I just needed an outlet for that. Mm -hmm. And now you have it. Yeah. So tangent, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I just love talking to Suzanne. She, she and I get each other completely. I mean, I'm oh. sure you guys know that. Sometimes you just meet people and you're like, ah, kindred spirit right there. So. I felt the same. Yeah, totally. So I guess we should probably wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's only been five minutes, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. We just talked, talked, talked. So is there any special parting words for a woman that's listening who might be in that kind of indecision, wanting to start, but she's super scared? How would you uh, encourage her to keep going or to just start? Good question. Hang on, it's coming. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, that, that's why I never plan questions because I like to catch people off guard. Yeah. I truly do believe that everybody has the who has the desire to become an entrepreneur can be all they have to do is figure out what that spark is within them mm. connect to their passion so they and then they really feel their why like get into their true why why they're doing it for themselves mm. and what really lights them up especially on those days here i am i'm up north of toronto in canada it is almost zero degrees fahrenheit it is cold, the snow is coming down, it's gray skies, and you need to be able to, and quite frankly, I just want to stay in bed. <laughs> and on those days, you need to be able to connect to that fire within your soul so that you can go, no, 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 uh, no, I'm not staying in bed. I got too many people who need me. I got things to do. I've got to get out in the world. I'm going to leave my mark. And when you can really connect with that fire within your belly, then you will go out into the world and change the world. So the biggest thing for me, and this falls with the theme that what we were starting is, find the best mentor or coach or navigator or catalyst for you. Find somebody who has done it and follow, hire them, pay them, yes. invest in yourself for your success. Yes. And that will get you to the quickest, fastest route to be able to discover your own genius so that you can go out into the world and make a difference. Because yes. I do believe that every, if you have that little spark to be an entrepreneur, to do it on your own, you have this passion to make a difference in the world. Mm, yeah, I agree completely. I don't, I think that's why I'm so drawn to other women who want to change people's lives and do good because 
I mean, yes, there are some people that are just out there to make money, but the people that I surround myself with are wanting to help and do good. Mm -hmm. And they'll do it for free. We need to get paid because the bank still needs us to pay the mortgage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and do what you want. I love this. My coach says it all the time. Do what you would do for free and then charge what you're worth. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know Sean Douglas. Um, no. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's a motivational speaker and an author. And he posted something about this and he said, oh, like, we all give so much value, but then people don't want to pay us. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, we, there's something to be said for expert uh, value, but people need to not just consume that for free. They need to be ready to get to that next level by paying us. Mm -hmm. I think so many of us, I know I equated my worth for so long with how much I was charged and I don't anymore. I just, I know that I need to get paid and I don't accept any less, but I still want to help people. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you again if they want to reach out and work with you? Oh, thank you. I can be reached at Suzanne, S-U-Z, or in Canada we say Z, A-N-N-E at successandclarity.com. My website is successandclarity.com, and I'm on Facebook. I just opened up an Instagram account. Yay! <laughs> yeah, Mel, at your, and I thought, oh, I'm going to do what Melody does. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't figured out how to post yet, so I'm working on that, Melody. We might need to talk. <laughs> so, essentially, and LinkedIn. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Suzanne Longstreet on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. Well, this has been the best. I just love talking to you. And I hope you guys got a lot of amazing value out of what Suzanne said. I know I did. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation and it's not where I thought we were going to go. Um, I think 90% of the people on this podcast say that. And that's, oh, okay. that's why I do what I do. Love it. I love it. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.